because we do up in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you. We love you and we bless you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We just worship you today, Lord. We thank you for calling us for such a time as this to be intercessors, to be the end time church. And Father, we thank you for teaching our hands to war. Father, we thank you for giving us victory, total victory over every situation. And we give you all the honor and glory. In Jesus' name, amen. And praise God. Holy Spirit, you are welcome in this place always. Amen. And praise God. Well, we're going to talk about the purpose of your assignment. Amen. But God is requiring more. He is requiring more from us. You know, people are talking about end times, talking about all of this wars, rumors of wars, but you never hear them talk about getting themselves straight. Amen. Repentance. Walking closer with God. You know, living a total life of repentance and doing all the things that we need to do to become closer. If this is the end times, people sure need to repent and get closer to God, but people still up to mischief. That's just how they roll. You know, but look like we would want to get closer to God. I know I do. I want to get closer to God. I want the things that are not good to come out, the better things put in and magnified and get stronger in him so that I can do all the things that I was called to do. You know, I I was just thinking about uh, Peter and all of these people, Paul and uh, you know, especially Paul and Silas, they seem to have stayed in jail more than anybody. <laughs> and I, I was thinking about this, and I said, now, these men were persecuted the most from what I can see. I'm sure they were they were all persecuted, but every time you looked up, Paul was in jail. Down but not out, and whatever. And I was thinking of how God always came and helped him, no matter what the situation was. Amen. And I've soon found out that it's not how much trouble you get in, because we're going to be persecuted for the sake of the gospel. That's a no-brainer. I mean, I wish it wasn't, but that's, you're going to be persecuted. And if they hated Jesus, they're going to hate us. But the thing about it is finishing your course. And I realized that. I said, wait a minute. I said, in all things, Paul kept saying, I finished my course. Or I I did what I was supposed to do. I hung in there. I didn't quit. Because he knew the importance of finishing his course. He knew the importance of not quitting, not throwing in the towel. As much as he was thrown in jail, and I mean in the lower bowels of the jail, you know, he knew and understood how important it was to stay his course. Stay your course. It wasn't about getting out of jail and this person that threw him in jail or whatever. See, he what he did is he won those people over every time. And so to jump that came against them and persecuted them, he, they won them over. 
You know why? Because their mind was not hung up on getting people back. And they, you know where they were? They were with, I'm, I'm, God is using me in this time for a purpose. You know, my life has purpose. I've been called for such a time as this. And God is with me. He'll never leave me nor forsake me. So they, he knew who he was, in other words. And he knew it wasn't so much as the persecution as it was, did I come out? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Did I come out? How did I do? You know, and what happened to those people who persecuted me? He didn't care. He, he, he wasn't vengeful. He won those people over. He, he could have ran out of jail when those gates flew open, but he told the gatekeeper, he said, we're all here. Don't worry. We're all here. So vengeance wasn't in his heart. What he was concerned about is finishing the course and staying where God put him for however long and not griping. Amen? Well, it got real quiet in this Presbyterian church. <laughs> See, God is requiring more of us. Amen? Why? Because he wants us to, to receive the fullness of his power. He wants us to receive the fullness of him. Amen? He wants us to be totally immersed. That's what totally immersed means. The full, you receive everything in every fiber of your being. You receive it so you can be whole, mentally whole, physically whole, you know, so you can do the work of him that sent you while it is yet day. Amen. We have purpose. God called each and every one of us for such a time as this. He wants us to receive his glory, walk in his glory, um, do the acts that Jesus did and beyond. And the only way we can do this is to be fully immersed. I don't know where I'm going here. It's not on my notes, but to be fully immersed with his love, fully immersed with his power and his authority. We can't do it any other way. And that's why people want to quit. People want to quit because they don't feel like they're getting anywhere. Am I right? Yeah. Feel like it's never going to happen because, see, our minds are geared toward the wrong thing. It's not about, see, we're not in this war to get something or to prove something, prove that we can pray, prove that we're with God, or to prove that God is with us. Look at this big miracle. That's not what it's about. If that was what it was about, I've been walking in victory, which I do that every day. It's not about, I should say it like this, it's not about getting victory. We have victory. Amen. We walk in victory. We live in victory. You know, so it's not about achieving certain things it's about achieving that thing that god has placed in your life to do everybody god knew you when you were in your mother's womb he had plans for you he had an assignment for you to do he has something for you to complete while you are here on this earth and i believe amos nine thirteen, just to say this is allowing us because god is expanding time or Extending time. What is it about time? Accelerating. 
I think he's doing that to help us achieve what we've been called to do because we've been slacking, sitting here trying to figure out when is it going to come when it's not about it. Amen. It comes when you are about your father's business. It just comes when it's time. Amen. But I just keep getting this strong feeling that God is saying it's not about what you need from him. It's about what he needs from you. Amen. Hallelujah. Mm. These things that we want from God are fleshly desires from as a result of wrong thinking. I'm not saying it's wrong because this is the only way we're going to get it. It ain't coming no other way. But it's not on the top shelf. Y'all understand? What's on the top shelf is, is Jesus Christ, him crucified, and winning a world over to Christ. It's people going to hell. And I... I was looking, I was on Facebook, somebody died, this actor. And I said, I wonder if he was saved. You know, it's, and he died, he was only 72. And he didn't look, he's one of these young looking 72. He looked like he was 60 maybe. And his wife said, made a statement. She said, I guess they separated after 27 years. It's him and his second wife. She said he was not an easy person to get along with. And so I was wondering if he knew Jesus, you know. And that's what's important. It's not what's, because all of this other, these things shall be added. The Bible says things shall be added unto you. You know, we will receive whatever it is. This is what I found out. When it's time to receive it, you get it. You get it. Whether you, whatever you're doing, you will receive it. But. The thing that God is looking for in our lives, he's looking for us to submit to him and do his will. He's dependent on people like us, especially, I believe, intercessors to carry this thing through. So we need to come up higher so that we can get the vision. Vision is, I should have had the title some about vision, but I didn't know how to, I don't know. But people give up and quit because they lose vision. They lose the vision, and they start to wonder, what am I doing? Anybody ever felt lost? I know I have. It's like, well, what is this all about? And then they, because we, we allow the vision to slip away from us. The, an example was Joseph. Joseph kept that vision. That's why he's going around telling everybody, got him in trouble, you know, sold as a slave. But and then he was in Potiphar's house. But he God made him great wherever he was. And I think that's what we forget. God is in control. Our assignment is first. God gives us the vision to encourage us to complete the assignment. Think about that. See, Joseph stayed encouraged because he was always telling people about those dreams. And, I'm, and I got a dream that y'all going to be bowing down to me and I'm going to be controlling everything. I'm going to be over y'all. <laughs> it was true because that was his vision. And when, when you first reached for years, I was in a you know, traditional church, I said, what a little brat, bragging. 
but I didn't realize he was trying to keep the vision strong in his mind. That makes sense. So that he wouldn't lose heart and he would complete his assignment because all of the trouble that he got in, he was in jail, all of this stuff, falsely accused, he kept that vision. The vision kept him in his assignment so that he would complete it. So when people lose heart and they want to quit, it's because they lose the vision. Vision keeps you encouraged. Amen. And the vision is not my man or, you know what I'm saying, a big, beautiful home. I mean, that stuff stuff is on the sidebar. You can get that at any time. When the season comes for you to have that, it happens. God will make it happen. He doesn't care how he makes it happen. He just makes it happen. Amen. And so the vision is to keep us encouraged about the assignment, keep us encouraged about completing it, and keep us encouraged about what God has called us to do. Without the vision, the people perish. That's what that scripture is in there for. Because if we lose vision, you lose hope. And then you look up and say, well, what am I doing? I'm not getting anywhere. God, maybe God didn't tell me to do this because you feel like all hope is gone. This don't make sense. I'm not getting anywhere. I'm feeling confined. I feel like I'm being, this don't feel good. And so you think it's all just a big waste of time. But really, we have lost the vision. We have to keep the vision. That's why the Bible says in Habakkuk 2, write the vision down and make it plain so the hearer that reads it can run with it. Run with the vision. The vision runs with you. And it doesn't, it doesn't, it says the vision will not lie. It will surely speak. Amen. So God is telling us that the vision is going to be, that's going to be your ace in the hole. That's going to be how you complete your task. Amen. But we lose the vision because sometimes we don't connect it. I know I didn't for many years. You know, I didn't connect. I knew the vision of the ministry. I didn't know that God had put a, a similar vision on the inside of me to complete a specific task. I didn't know that. And so we have to, we have to learn these things. Amen. We need to make changes to reach a certain goal. Amen. Now, to reach uh, your goal or to be, do what God has called you to do, you have to be willing to change your mindset. Sometimes you know how it is when you wake up out of this, out of this, what can I call it? Wake up out of this bad dream and you see this is real. God's got me here and I don't know what to do. You know, how do I get out of this mess? Or what do I do? Where do I go? And so this is why we have to come up higher. God is expecting us to do so much more. We have to reignite our relationship with him. Reignite our personal relationship with God so that we can hear his voice and get new direction. He will give you new direction on an old situation. He has to. Amen. And most of the time, we just need to change some habits and patterns. 
that we have had for so long. You know how it is? God will let you keep your stuff for a long time. Then all of a sudden, when you least expect it, he put the hammer down on you. It's hammer time. And he's saying, look, you can't go any further with that wrong thinking. You cannot go any further with this wrong assumption of your situation. And so we have to press more into him because he's requiring more. I believe the closer we get to the end of the age, God is requiring more. He's requiring more because he has big things for us to do. So we need to stop being repeat offenders. Stop doing the same thing over and over. If we want to change, and most of us do, and we don't know what to do, go to God. Well, we already know that. We went and we didn't hear nothing. That's because he's requiring more. So get up in God's face and stay up in there until you get some instructions. Amen. Hallelujah. And stop giving God a part of you. He wants you all. See, it's just like we need the full measure of God. He wants all of us. Amen. Got to be all in. Hallelujah. He wants all of our, he wants our heart. When you give God your heart, that's all of you. And it's worth it because when you do that, you're going to get so much more back. You're going to get instruction, re-instructions, and I bet you, well, I'll go uh, to speak for me. It's an instruction he had already given me years ago, and I forgot. Because I wasn't, I wasn't riding on that. I was riding on something else some crazy thought that the devil put in there, and I thought it was about that, and I thought that was going to be my way to get to the next step, and it wasn't. The devil's dirty. He want to put you on the wrong course so that you won't receive the more, I believe, more than anything he hates for God's word to come to pass in your life. But God is, is, he is letting us know who he is in, in our lives. And he is a big part of us going forward. Amen. We can't do it without him. Fleshly desires and wrong thinking will cause you to stay at a standstill. And we need to make changes to reach a certain goal. In other words, change your mindset. The glory has left the temple. Our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit and the glory has left. Why? Because we got entangled with the world. That's why the Bible says don't be entangled with the stuff that you've already been promoted out of. I'll say it like that. Don't get entangled. When you see crap coming your way, gossip, whatever it is, somebody saying something, that's a catalyst for the devil to pull you out of where you are. And and it's just a setup. And it's bad. Because he'll do anything, lie on you. He'll do anything to keep you from getting what God has for you. But you have to keep moving. Keep moving forward in God. Amen. Cause that glory to come back. Amen. By pursuing God in a better way. Pursue him in a better way. Amen. It's just what you have to do. 
Stop giving God a part and give him all. And be soaked in his love. Let me. This is what the Lord was showing me with this. That's why I said I don't know what I, I was going to call this. He told me this. He said the reason people quit and they don't finish their course and they don't know what to do is because they refuse to walk in love. See, when you walk in love, that works on your faith. Faith without, without works. We're so busy trying to figure out what works do we put with the faith. It's walking in love. When you walk in love, your faith brings forth whatever you need. You don't walk in love, you, you're not going to do it. And this is why so many people are sitting on pews. They got churches full of pew sitters because they know none about walking in love. Amen. And the faith worketh by love. If you don't read, go to your scripture. Amen. It worked by love. And I don't care how many prophecies you get. I don't care what they tell you. If you don't walk in love, you'll never see it. You will never see it. You'll see God trying to help you, but you don't get the full Monty until you release your heart to God. <laughs> That's just the only way to do it. And I'm telling you, when you walk in, see, in those that walk in the Spirit, walk in love. You can't walk in love without walking in the Spirit. You can't walk in the Spirit without walking in love. But if you walk in the carnal realm, where everything is carnal, 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 and you know, you into how people treat you, that's the carnal realm. You will never walk in the Spirit. And you have to walk in the Spirit to receive the blessings. That's why some of us don't, we don't make it. Because we refuse to bury the hatchet, whatever. We don't bury it because we don't want to. Because that stuff encourages us. It lifts us up. And, we, <laughs> and it shouldn't. Amen. But it, it, and so when you, and I never thought about that before. When you walk in the spirit, you walk in love. That's why so many people say, how do you walk in the Spirit? We don't talk about it much now, but there used to be a time, because I used to preach about that a lot. How do you walk in the Spirit? I never thought to tell them to walk in love, because I didn't know. I just did it. You ever did something? You didn't know what you was doing. You were just following your heart as best you could. And keep from bussing people. We're going to bust them, right? <laughs> That's her favorite statement. We're going to bust them. <laughs> And so you do the best you can, and you just bump into the truth. That's how we make it. We're not all that perfect. You know what? We, we bump into the truth, trying to do the best that we can do. Amen. And so, I, but I never thought about that. If you walk in this, you don't walk in the spirit if you don't walk in love. You, and when you walk in love, you owe no man nothing because there's no law against the love walk, and nobody can put you down, even if, even if they say stuff and falsely accuse, but they cannot break you when you walk in love. Because when you walk in love, you have strength and stability from God. He backs you up 100%. Amen? Now, we need to be craving his face. Seek his face. Crave his face. And don't crave things. 
Because we need to walk in the spirit and not in the flesh. And you will receive because you walk in love. Let's go to Psalm 105, verse 3. Hallelujah. And it says, um, well, I just go to two. It says, sing to him. Um, sing psalms to him. Talk of all his wondrous works. Glory in his holy name. And let the hearts of those rejoice who seek the Lord. Seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his face evermore. Seek his face. Amen. Hallelujah. His wonders and the judgments of his mouth. I know I skipped a part. But you need to seek his face. And this is what keeps us in the love of God. There's a way to walk in love. Stand in God's face. Amen. If we don't seek God more and do what is required of us, how will we ever finish our course? And if you finish, we, God doesn't want us finishing with our nails nubby. He wants us to finish strong. Finish strong. Amen. Paul finished strong. Joseph finished strong. All of these people that were persecuted, they finished strong. Why? They stayed in God's face. And what did he do? God gave them strength. Amen. He immersed them in love. They walked in love. You can't go nowhere not walking in love just ain't going to happen. Amen. We are concerned about the signs of the time instead of finishing what God has called us to do. You know, we living in the land. I just can't stand that kind of talk. I was listening to somebody, and they were talking about how this, this country is being judged. We're not being judged. Whenever I hear people talk that crazy stuff, I say, that's wrong, because I know what God is telling me. He's telling me that the systems are being judged. The, the, the government systems, like welfare and all that cottage cheese, I mean, I mean whatever that, that's being judged. We're in this world. We're not of it. We're not being judged. This country is not being judged. This country is being blessed. Now, this man that predicted the, what was it, the, the crash of 108, 2008, he was correct, and he predicted that the, um, what's that, the stock market would crash, or pretty much crash, whatever. He was right about that. Now, you know what he's saying? He's saying that we're into another cra a crash. Do cash. You know, sell all your stocks. And do a stock market, is he, did he look, well, he is in his 80s, upper 80s. And I'm like, well, somebody guide him to the TV. And let him see the stock market's been better than it's ever been. Ever. And you know why? Because God is tired of these countries stealing from us. He said they will steal no more. Amen. You know what? It's so simple. People don't look because they don't even know what's going on. But this is what it is. We have sown seed. You have never, since I've been on this earth, and that's been quite a long time, I've never saw these people going to Africa feeding these African children and the missionaries. They always came from the United States as far as I, Now, I know there's others out there, but the ones that went to India 
and Sudan and all of these other places in Africa and the Middle East. They came from the United States. That's called sowing seed. When you sow seed, those seeds never die. And Amos 9.13 is not just for us, it's for the country. Amen. It's time for those seeds to come up and be paid for. And for a, think about all these missionaries that's gone over there and never got anything. And God is saying this country is blessed because of the seed sown. He says, and I'm raising people up. I'm raising this country up. I'm putting it back on this foundation. Because I'm telling you something, this country was on its way to hell in a handbasket. Ain't that what they said? I'm telling you. But God. But God. And so this, it's not time for, and, and, uh, and people some of the Antichrist, not time for the Antichrist. It's just not time. Get some revelation. It's time for a blessing. It's blessing time. That's what, hey, I'm, listen, I'm in the best, best years of my life. Don't mess with me because I could probably take y'all on. I can fight. I'm in the best years of my life. Amen. Stronger, better. Faster. Now, the only thing I got to get rid of is sometimes this limp thing. And I told the devil yesterday, I said, uh-uh. But when I was at the conference, my feet were swollen, everything. And I said, God, I got to get rid of this stuff because these supposed to be the best years of my life. I'm not winding down because this is the thing. I noticed when, when I was uh, reading about Joseph, he, I think he lived to be 110 or 120, something like that. But he, he decided when he was finished. Amen? He, he lived until he was satisfied. Now, let me tell you what that is. I looked that word up. But anyway, in this text that we're using, it's, it's because he finished his, his finished his course. You can't be satisfied like some people. I'm going on home. You quit. You quit. Satisfied means content, well-pleased, happy, proud, triumphant. You don't quit and you don't go home until you are triumphant. That's what satisfied means. It means fulfilled, fulfilled, convinced, certain. So you, you live until you are satisfied. You live until you're content. The devil can't force you to give up the ghost. You fight. You fight, you fight, and you fight. And I'm telling you, quit talking. I'm telling you, if y'all have people who are sick, please tell them, don't quit letting people in your, your room. Quit that. And the person that's coming with the word, they don't want them because there's so many people who are talking that reality stuff. Well, you know... The doctors, you know, they, that stuff that they got for you kills you. I'm just telling you. It kills you. Amen. Amen. They do the best they, well, they used to do the best they can. Now it's all about money. All about money. Mom, dad. I guess you didn't know that I could get cancer, Mom, Dad. It's just nothing but manipulation. Nothing but manipulation. Just here, take another shot. I know people, who, two people who have died from taking shots. People need to get a brain, especially black people. 
Get a brain. Well, I guess you didn't know I could get cancer, Mom, Dad. They know the right. The devil is slick. He know the right thing to say to the right people. Amen. Hallelujah. Just thought I'd go there. We need to seek God for patience and allow the Word of God to, to work in our lives. Allow the Word. You ever gotten to a point where you say, God, i got to get this right. We should all be there. <laughs> I got to get this thing right because times are passing. 20 years have flown by, and I see 20 more will creep by if I don't get off of this thing and learn of you, allow you to work in my life and teach me how to walk in love. Because if I walk in love, I'm walking in faith. Most people won't get it right there. You know why? Because of pride. You got to drop pride to walk in love. You got to drop them right to walk in love. You got to drop all that stuff. If you don't drop it, you ain't going nowhere. Amen. Not going nowhere. But we need to be, stop being too concerned about end times. I don't care what time it is. It's time for me to prosper. It's my time. It's my time. Amen. Who cares about what time? Well, you know, it's the end time. I just, get, I just get so sick of that. So it's, I want to ask people, well, what does that mean for you? I don't know. But it's the end time. <laughs> Not being led by the Spirit of God. Amen. But we need to be patient living in these last days. Be patient and try to see what God, God is always speaking he is always speaking to us. Let's go to James 5. God speaks. We're supposed to listen. But most of us don't even know he's speaking because we caught up somewhere else in stuff. Well, it's time for me to get this. It, it is time. But we have an assignment to fulfill. We're on hire. Amen. I, you know, this is what I do. I always go back and say, well, how many did I lead to the Lord? Or did I minister to anybody lately? James 5, 7. It says, Therefore be patient, brethren, until the coming of the Lord. Now who would sit and be anxious for the end to come? And they don't even know who they are in Christ. Never did nothing for God. Don't think it's possible. Know a bunch of sinners, you know, conforming to the world. And its system, you need to pray that we got a lot more time to get right. But I say, these crazy religious people, you know, they want the end to come. I'll be reading on Facebook. And they, and they want the end to come, some of them. They want the end to come so that God can punish the left. He's going to punish them whether it's the end or not. Amen. Anybody that's against what he's doing will be punished or come to some crazy end or converted. How about that? That's better. Amen. So it says here, therefore, brethren, be patient until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth. And that's what God is waiting for. God is waiting for the precious fruit of the earth. And I mean souls. Amen. Amen. Waiting patiently 
for it until it receives the early and the latter rain. And that's the outpouring of his spirit on all flesh. That's what God, if you don't get nothing else today, understand this is what it's all about. Amen. And this is what God is going to have his way. God is going to have his way. Amen. Souls. You need to write James 5, 7 down and, and just reflect on it from time to time. And I'm telling you, you'll understand and know what your assignment is all about. In verse 8 it says, you also be patient. Establish your hearts. That's just what I'm trying to tell them, Lord. For the coming of the Lord is at hand. Amen. Prodigals are returning. Amen to the kingdom. The kingdom of God is at hand. Amen. We don't have time to play around anymore. We're supposed to be doers of the word, in case anybody got confused. In, this, in verse 9, it says, do not grumble against one another. See, that's an old trick. Least you be condemned. Behold, a judge is standing at the door. My brethren, take the prophet who spoke in the name of the Lord as an example of suffering and patience. Indeed, we count them blessed who endure. You are blessed when you endure. You're not bummed out and wagged out. You are blessed when you endure. Amen. You have heard of the perseverance of Job and seen the end intended by the Lord. That the Lord is very compassionate and merciful. Hallelujah. God is on the throne. Amen. And stay out of judgment. Let me read that. Verse 12, it says, But above all, my brethren, do not swear, either by heaven or by earth or with any other oath, but let your yes be yes and your no be no, lest you fall into judgment. Amen. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick. I'm adding that. And if he's eating or drinking any deadly thing, he shall not be harmed. Add that to whatever, the prayer of faith. And believe you receive when you pray. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's plenty of time for calamities. Plenty of time for sorrows. I don't want to entertain that stuff. I want to be about my father's business. Amen. Hallelujah. Let me read what I wrote down. I says, Behold, the husbandman waits for the precious fruit of the earth and have long patience for it until he receives the early and the latter rain. So be patient, establish your heart, for the coming of the Lord is nigh. Amen. The Bible says there's a lot to go on here before the end. So don't be concerned about the end. Be concerning. Be concerned about finishing your course. Amen. Finish this race. In other words, finish the race of faith and accomplish what God has called you to do. Finish your assignment. Finish strong for the sake of the gospel. We the redeemed. Who else is going to do it if we don't? We the redeemed. Amen. The husbandman is coming back 
but a strong church without spot or wrinkle. Did y'all forget about that? Without spot, wrinkle, or any such thing. How do we get there? Walking in love, getting closer to God. Amen. Closer to him because he requires more. Finding out our purpose and sticking with that. Being triumphant, knowing that we've already won. Amen. Living until you're satisfied. Psalm 91, 16. Ninety-one. It talks about with long life, I will satisfy you. Psalm ninety-one. It says, "With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation." With long life, nobody have to go before their time. It's like this: what people said, what the doctor said, made more sense to you than what God said. That you can live with long life. And be satisfied. You don't have to die until you satisfied. And I put here on notice, I'm not satisfied yet. <laughs> I got much to do. Amen. Hallelujah. We need to forsake all. And this is why we have trouble. God has graced us to finish the work. That's another thing people forget. God's already, he's graced us to finish strong. He's graced us to finish the work. There's no such thing as I can't do it. I used to think th- things were too hard, and I found out that was my flesh. I should have known that, but I didn't. And I had to find out. We can finish our course. Until then, you can't, until then, you can't leave, listen, you can't leave the earth. You cannot die until you finish your course. And if you and and you shouldn't want to die until you're satisfied. You can't be satisfied until you finish your work. Amen. Praise God. Somebody got it. Finish your course. You can't leave this earth until you do. Everybody that we read, Moses, everybody, they finished their course. Well, a few of them got stupid. But even so, God lifted them up. They went to God and got more of him, stayed in his face until they were changed. We refuse to change. We want to do this thing like we are because God don't do nothing to us. But if, if, if that was right or if that was, then why is this, word, why is this stuff in the word? One another. Boom one another. Love one another. You know, walk in love and you've done the whole thing. Why is that in there if it's okay to stay like we are and do the work of him that sent us? Not right. Something's wrong. Hallelujah. We don't have to understand everything, but things sure have to feel right. And that don't feel right. We're going to mess up. I know that. We're going to do a whole lot of things, even that's going to shock us. But you can get right back in line with God if you want to. Amen. Repent and keep moving. And quit counting the cost. Well, let me say this. Count the cost. Remember when we used to say, don't count the cost? 
just do it, but we, we, we don't do that. So count the cost. And when I, I say count the cost, I mean find out if you got the goods to finish strong. Find out with God. Go God and find out what you need. Amen. Count the cost. God, can I do this? Am I strong enough? Do I understand your word properly? Amen. What is it that I need to do to become stronger in you? Amen. Count the cost and find out where you are and what you need to do. I guarantee you most people not even going to want to do it. Not going to want to do it. You know why? Because it does not entail things and what you're praying for. It's about you and him face to face. Well, that didn't go over well, but that's okay. Amen. Do you have the faith to finish? If you don't have the faith, it's good to go to God. God, do I have? He knows. Do I have the faith to finish this? Because if you don't, God will give it to you. Amen. He'd give it to you. He will give you the faith to finish. All you got to do is be bold enough to go to him and say, God, I'm counting the cost. Do I have faith enough to finish this? Amen. Because, see, we can all go get another husband, you know what I'm saying, and have a list down like most people. We can all do that. But getting who God has for you. I was reading something in some book. Amen. And this, uh, how many of you remember, now let me see, I'm going to mess, no, I'm not going to mess this up. Man from Uncle, I know y'all don't, y'all don't remember that. Okay, that, I think that was the name of the show. Um, little short blind guy, what's his name? What's this? Uh uh-uh. uh. No, this was. Uh, um, yeah, what's his name? His partner. His partner. Vaughn's partner. Yeah. Mm mm. Not this guy I'm talking about. His name. Yeah. Mm hmm. I don't know. But you ain't pulling me off. But, hey, his name was David McCullum. Boom. I'm stronger than you think. Okay, how many of you, was that man from Uncle, David McCullum? And what's, the, what's his friend's name? The one you said? Yeah, da- what's his first name? Vaughn. You don't remember them two? Well, I know y'all don't. Well, but it was, but you know who I'm talking about, David McCallum. You know who I'm blonde and, okay, now why was I talking about him now? I forgot. <sighs> yeah, right, okay. He was saying, now he was married twice. He's married to Jill Ireland. How many now you remember her? Jill Ireland? If y'all say y'all don't remember, I'm done. Jill Ireland, you remember. Diane back there quiet, but she remember. But anyway, she was. Well, whatever. 
anyway, they uh, had a son. They were married, both actors. You know, this was in the when they were just freshly coming up because they're like older than us, older than my generation, but just 10 years older. But anyway, he was married to Jill Ireland. How many of you remember Charles Bronson? Now, everybody. They had an affair, and they got married. She was married to David McCullum, the man from Uncle. And he, somebody interviewed him recently, and he said, yeah, everybody knew about this affair, and Charles Bronson took her and married her. She divorced David McCullum and got married to Charles Bronson, because, you know, he go for bad. He Bronson. So he, he was making this statement when the interviewer asked him about that, and I thought it was so profound. He said, everybody knew about their affair, and he said, and I, we finally divorced because she, evidently she kept, and I forgot about that. She kept dating him out in the open. And he said, and Charles Bronson finally married her, Jill Ireland. He said, I'm thankful to God because if he had never done that, I wouldn't have met my wife whom I have been married to for 52 years. So all I'm saying is sometimes you get hooked up with the wrong person. Amen. And I said, hmm, that's something to think about, you know. And so, you know, it doesn't, it matters to be with the person God has called you to be with. 52 years, that's a five lifetimes and then some. But, but he and, and Jill Ireland were married like two years because it just didn't fit. And she just wanted, and I know he, her and Charles Bronson, I don't think they stayed together. They never do. Did they? Okay, let's talk later about that. Okay. But anyway, <laughs> but anywho, so any, anywho, you know, I'm just saying, it matters who God put you with. You just can't go off marrying any, anybody. Because it does not work, and what it's, it's supposed to do is defeat you to, in such a way that you cannot get back up. Amen? Because he was very, he stayed depressed and down for a long time, for 10 years. And then he met the woman, but he thanked him. He said, I thank him for that. He said, because I have been married to a good woman, he says, for 52 years. Both of them look young. They have one son, and he has one son with Jill. And it's just, you know, it matters. All these things matter. Amen. You have to be, you have to stay with God until he opens that door. If he never opens that door, you still got work to do. Amen. You still have an assignment that you have to complete. Amen. You must fulfill your assignment. And that's the most. How do we convert to, how do we convert from, from looking 
for what God has for us in the natural and shift that and start looking for what God wants for us to be. How do you do that? Y'all understand what I'm saying? Isn't that a, a dilemma? But it's really not because all you do is, is get up in God's face. Amen? Renew your mind. See, when you think different, that other, I'm not going to say carnal stuff because marriage is good for all men. But the things that you need to make you happy in the natural, it doesn't become so essential when you're converted in your mind and in your heart. Amen? And you start to put what God has for you first. And see, that little man, David McCullum, he probably thought he couldn't live without that lady. She was the wrong one. That's my point. And so you have to let God lead you. Now you can shoot me. Amen. Hallelujah. It has to be on God's agenda, not yours. Second Timothy 4. That's what I meant when I said we can all get married. Now it's real quiet. Amen, Shetty. Speak up for me. We can all get married. But is it the right one? The 52 years may not come out of that. The union that you thought would kill you, make you, or break you. Got to be God. And that's why I'm saying trust God even when you don't think it's him, but you know clearly he has told you to stand, do it. Because it may not feel right, but that's your flesh. It's your flesh shaking and quaking. Amen? Hallelujah. Second Timothy 5. Oh, I'm sorry. Second Timothy 4, verse 5. And it says, but you be watchful in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, and fulfill your ministry. It don't say nothing here about looking for the right one and going out to dinner, which is nothing wrong with that. Go with a girlfriend because I'm just trying to save you the trouble because he's going to want you to pay. Then you're going to want to slap him. So go with a girlfriend, split the bill. Less trouble. <laughs> Verse 6, it says, For I am already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure is at hand. Amen? In other words, Paul is saying, look, my time is coming near. Amen? It's forthcoming. And, and I have no more time to decide what I'm supposed to be doing. In other words, if it ain't done now, it may not get done. But in verse 7 it says, but I have fought a good fight. See, Paul knew he finished his course. He says, I have finished the race, and that's the race of faith. I have kept the faith. Finally, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day. And not to me only, but also to all who have loved, who have loved his appearing. In other words, finish the race, and there's victory and reward. Finish the race, because there's victory and reward. Amen. Run hard right to the finish line. 
and believe all the way. Keep the faith. Because what's laid up for me is a crown of righteousness. You don't do what's right, you don't get a crown. With long life, I will be satisfied. And show, he will show me his salvation. Hallelujah. But we have to forsake all. That's where we get in trouble. Forsake all. Carry your cross. Keep the vision and see it through to the end. Count the cost. Amen. In other words, do you have enough faith to finish it? If you don't, God will give it to you. Because, see, he's graced us to be finishers. He's already given us the power and the authority, everything that we need. He's given that to us already. Amen. To finish the work. Let's go Luke 14. I'm almost finished. Luke 14. Verse 28. And it says, For which of you, intending to build a tower, does not sit down first? Now, this is about counting the cost. Let me me go to 27. It says, And whatever, whoever does not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. For which of you, intending to build a tower, does not sit down first and count the cost, whether he has enough to finish it. Amen. Hallelujah. Least after he has laid the foundation and is not able to finish it, all who see it begin to mock him, saying, This man began to build and was not able to finish. In other words, finish his course. He's in 31. Or what king going to make war against another king does not sit down first and consider whether he is able with 10,000 to meet him who comes against him with 20,000? Or else, while the other is still a great way off, he sends a delegation and ask conditions of peace. You know, if he feel like he can't take them over, he speaks peace. Amen. In 33, it says, So likewise, whoever of you does not forsake all that he has, that he has cannot be my disciple. So you need to count the cost. Find out if you can finish, if you have strength to finish. Find out what's wrong if you're not feeling successful in what you're doing or if you're not feeling like you're making an impact or or if you just feel like God's not with you. You have to go to God. Count the cost. Find out if you have victory. Usually what we just need to do is go over the Word. Remember the Word of God. I've given you the necks of your enemy. You have, you are victorious in me. You know, whether you're abound, whether you're abased, 
You know, you're content, whatever state you're in. All you got to do is reestablish yourself with the word of God. Amen. But some of us don't do that because we get so, you know how the devil can slap you and you, you know, like, what do I do, God? Can I win this race? Can I uh, be sustained until the end? Yes, you can. We can answer our own questions. Amen. But if we need to go to God, that's exactly what we need to do. Go to God, just like Jesus is telling them in here. Amen. Whoever does not bear this cross and come after me cannot be my disciples. For which of you intending to build a tower does not sit down first and count the cost, whether he has enough to finish it? I think that's just so perfect. I didn't know you could do that, but you can. Find out if you have enough. And then God's going to say, yeah. But you sometimes we need to be reassured by God. See, nobody can reassure us but God. Go to God. And, and get your strength. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's see where I'm at. That was Luke 14. Okay. So write the vision down. Don't quit. Keep the vision. See, the vision is what keeps you from quitting. The devil ever hit you so hard in the natural and you saw what you didn't like and you, you didn't know where you were or you, things were coming at you so fast and so hard, you got confused. It happened to me many times. Amen. And then you got to see, that's when we let the vision slip. I had let the vision slip. And so we have to keep the vision. That's why God says to write it down. Amen. Write it down, make it plain. So the reader that sees it and hears it can run with it. Amen. According to Habakkuk 2 1 and Ecclesiastes 3 1. It's for a season. The vision is for a season. Amen. It's for an appointed time. And it will speak and not lie. Hallelujah. So we must fulfill what God has called us to do. And you can't quit. You just can't quit. It's no need to quit because when you feel like quitting, you just lost your vision because you've been entangled with the, in the natural realm. Amen. And that's what happens to us, and we need to drop that and re- remember or allow God to remind us why we're here and what we're doing, what we're trying to accomplish. But we must continue to stand and do the work. Let every man be found faithful. And it's required by God. Faithfulness is required by God. Faithfulness is what promotes you. See, man don't have to promote you. Amen. He don't have to promote you. If you're faithful to God, he will promote you. And I, and I like God's promotion best because when you promote it in the natural, that's just, that's, let me tell you how that works. It don't, it makes you feel good for a season, for a little while, and you're right back where you started from. Right back where you started from. Why? Because it's carnal. And because the carnal realm cannot please you. Amen? But it's better to get God's promotion. And God promotes you when he gets good and ready. You can't push God. Amen? If you're doing that, that's your flesh. It's your flesh. 
It's your flesh. Amen. So you have to wait for God to promote you. And let me tell you something. God don't ever let one of his kids that is due a promotion. Man can't take that away from you. Amen. And he can't give it because when man give it to you, that's when you may, if God don't want you to have it, you're going to lose it. Amen. First Corinthians 4. You have to stay with God. Amen. For everything, there's a time and season. For everything. Everything. See, it's like this. This is what the Lord is showing me. It's not about who's next. That don't work. That's not God. That's not God. Not about who's next. It's about what is God doing and where are you with God. God promotes whoever he wants to promote. Trust me. He promotes who he wants to promote. And he'll sit down whoever he wants to sit down just the way it is. Amen. And I wouldn't have it any other way. Any other way. Amen. That's just the way God works. Amen. So it's required in stewards. Jesus said that where we were in the other, where, wherever we were. It's required that one be found faithful because God promotes faithfulness. He don't promote natural, carnal, um, you know, doing things in the natural for, for uh you know, whatever they call that. Y'all know what I'm talking about. He don't he don't promote that. He promote those who have a heart to do what he has called them to do. It's about it's about what's in your heart. Amen. A steward must be faithful in dispensing what he has been entrusted with. It's like this. Do carry your corner. Do whatever God's called you to do where you are. That's what God looks at. He looks at, are you doing and are you functioning in the position I put you in, whether it's the toilet clean. Let me tell you about I used to clean the toilet. I used to wash the dishes. Nobody else wanted to wash them. I did it, me and Miss Leela. She's the only person I could get to help me. God, don't forget that stuff. This was way back when we was having, they weren't empowerment meetings. What were they called? In outreach meetings in Cleveland. Barb was living in Detroit. That's not a bad job. I don't know why people think that. Honey, that's, if God has put you in that position, it's because he thinks highly of you. Now, I know tradition don't tell us that. Because when I was in the traditional church, they used to look down on people. Who cares about how, it's what, how God is looking at you. Amen. And it keeps, you know what, sometimes when I, and, and Crystal can tell you this, Sometimes I say, I got the toilets, Crystal. And she said, you going to do it? I say, yeah, because I know how to take myself there when I need it. Amen. Because I come from there. And I know when I need that. Amen. And I need to do it more often. Amen. Am I right? <laughs> Crystal said, I'll remember that. You remember that? You better remember. <laughs> Well, maybe I need to do it today. Eh? That what you're trying to say? <laughs> but it's good. It's good for you. Nobody's above that. Well, that's her job, and this is my job. Going nowhere. 
can't put yourself above these things. You just can't. That's why you see Pastor Barb in that kitchen cooking. Think that's easy? That ain't easy. It's hard. Make you sweat. Can't keep your hair done. It's just, it's work. Amen. I mean, God likes that voluntary thing. Amen. That's, that's the kind that gets promoted. You never, you never have a problem with money. Never. Never have a problem with stuff that you need. I'm not saying your bank account is all bubbled over. I need mine to bubble over about now. But you don't do without. You know what I'm saying? You don't do without. Amen. Stay humble. Amen. First Corinthians 4.2. And I'm just speaking from my heart. Moreover, this is First Corinthians 4.2. Moreover, it is required in stewards that one be found faithful. But with me, it is a very small thing that I should be judged by you or by a human court. In fact, I do not even judge myself. For I know of nothing against myself, yet I am not justified by this, but he who judges me is the Lord. Amen. Therefore judge nothing before the time until the Lord comes, who will both bring to light the hidden things of darkness. Are y'all here? The hidden things of darkness and reveal the counsels of the heart. I'm not making this up. The counsels of the heart. In, in other words, where is your heart? Then each one's praise will come from God. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. I said I want to say something here. <clears throat> Let me go back and read this. For I know nothing against myself. Yet I am not justified in this, but he who judges me is the Lord. Therefore, judge nothing before the time. That's what I want. Judge nothing before the time. Don't sit up and say we're living in the end times and look at all them people and they out there picketing and fighting because we're being judged. That's just not true. That ain't true. We're not being judged. The devil's being exposed. God is doing, behold, I do a new thing. Do you not know it? Do you not perceive it? God is moving something, realigning and rearranging some things in the atmosphere. And what we see going on in the natural, this, this fighting, that's exposure. And that's, that's, you know, like a shaking. And God is rearranging, realigning, and shaking. And there's always fallout when that happens what we're seeing gotta gotta know and we're not we're not going to hell in a handbasket amen i i was looking some man he's on facebook and he was saying he was right in what he was saying this was a brother and he was saying but i want everybody pack 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 something pack a shoe pack a sock pack just pack something i'm telling you what he was saying did you see him he had a, a rag on his head, braids. Pack something. Just pack something. See, he was in fear. I said, I ain't packing and I ain't going with you. But, <laughs> uh-uh. 
I'm not getting on the same boat with him. You know, he, you know, let the fear and the faint heart stay home least to everybody come into fear. I said, no, not going with him. But he was right in saying what he was saying about, the, you know, what's going on in the world. But when he was saying, pack, 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 I'm like, mm-mm. He said, pack a shoe, pack a sock, but be ready. <laughs> that's what he said. And I'm thinking, one shoe, that's not going to help you. Pack a shoe, pack a sock. He said, I'm telling you, bad stuff is about to happen. Pack something, pack. And then the other people, the religious Christians, are saying, buy food. And when they started this stuff 10 years ago, what they do, they had to give that stuff away. Because somebody that was, you know, like the food bank, somebody like the food bank was giving that food away. You know, now they're stockpiling again. Amen. I'm not saying it's not good to prepare like battery stuff if you have like those people in that tornado and in that whatever that thing is. Yeah, hurricane. Not saying you shouldn't, you know, maybe have a, invest in a generator. These people across the street from me have always had a generator. So, with Bridget and Raymond, you know, they lived next door to me for 12 years, and we always <laughs> go, go get their generator. Or put those long orange cords across the street and get our little said, they got lights. They're the only people on the street got lights. But let me tell you how God is. We start praying and our lights stop going out. When storm, bad storm, we would have lights, you know. But we wanted his generator. Still do want his generator. I said, why they got a generator? Well, it's the elderly parents over there, and I guess they, somebody might be. Well, we'll let them keep their generator on second thought. But I always just wanted to run an extension with an orange cord across the street, just too far. You know. Amen. But anyway, let there be light. God will light us up. Amen. But this is why we must finish our course. It's more important, thank you, than we know. It's more important than we know. It's not about God is punishing you and you don't know why you're doing this. You're on assignment. Amen. God formed you when you were in your mother's womb. He He knew who you were, and he called you for such a time as this. There's a purpose why we're here. And it's not to be, you know, I mean, God, you can be all of that, but God still wants us to finish what he's called us here for. And your assignment must be finished, and that's what Paul was doing. I have fought a good fight. All you can do is fight, because sometimes it gets rough. So all you can do is fight, and we're going to mess up. But God is there to help us. Amen. So he never leaves us by ourselves. He always helps us. He always gives us a better strategy. If that don't work, this will. Sometimes we don't really know uh, what to do, and it happens. It's not a a sin, not a bad thing sometimes. Sometimes it's good to not know what to do so God can help you. And I found out in your weakest time is when God helps you the most. So don't ever worry about what to do. I don't know what to do. God does. But we need to get closer to him. 
we need to go closer in him, get closer to him, because God is requiring more. He requires more at the end of your your um, assignment. It's always more to be known and to understand. Why? Because he wants us to receive his glory in the full measure. You know, a little bit of this and that, and I'm guilty of that. I get a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Don't finish getting the revelation. You know, I, I like you, how you're so happy. You say, oh, and then you go tell somebody. But now is the time when we need to get it all full measure. Get everything from God, and he'll give it to you. Amen. You don't have to be special. don't have to be special. God loves us all. He's, there's no partiality in him. And he's a righteous judge. But he will give us everything that we need to finish this course. But we have to know when to go to him. And don't stop judging yourself. Don't judge yourself. Amen. Amen. Because we're probably wrong on that too. We need to know the purpose of our assignment. Because we're sons of God. And the husbandman has been waiting to unveil the bride. We are the bride. Amen. This is what Pastor Bob told me, and I'm going to quit. It's something to leave you with. You know, when I did that teaching at the conference. She says, really, he says, she says, humanity has been groaning. Who was with me? Nobody in here? He said, were you with? She said, humanity. Did I read that to you? She sent that to me. Humanity has been groaning for the bride. says, the people who need God have been crying out. And this is why the bride is revealed. Remember, I I think I asked you, Avis, why was the bride unveiled? And I think I asked you, Chuck, why? Because I knew there was a reason. And God had to step me through it. But the, the, the condition of the world and the, the things that people endure, and they're tired, and they're groaning and crying out, for the bride to be revealed. So whether we do anything or not, whether God does anything or not, which he already is, but the, the, the people who don't know God are crying out for the bride, for the sons and the daughters of God. We are the sons of God. We the redeemed. We are the sons of God. Amen. And they're crying out. You know why? They're tired of what the world is doing. Tired of the devil. They're tired of how things are. And they are crying out for us to get a life. You know, get over ourselves so we can help them. Families come into Christ. That's why. They've been crying out. They've been watching us and crying out. Amen. But they don't want you to minister to them, but they still want what you got. And by now, I think they figured out, I need her or him. 
to pray for me. And they cry, they're crying out. They're crying out for the sons to be revealed. Amen. And we need to, I'm going to leave you with that. I think that was profound. And I said, wow. I, I, told, I said, amen. I said, Sheree, listen to this. That's, that's profound. The, the earth was crying. Just like the, the blood speaks with those unborn babies that are being slaughtered and their blood speaks. See, the earth can do it better than anybody. And, and they have been crying out for the sons of God, and that's us. And so that's where a lot of ministry is needed. Amen. Praise God. I'm going to leave you with that. Amen. Father, we do thank you.